Yo, everybody, welcome back to the Satsung Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have bare knuckle boxer, mixed martial artist, model, mom, uh, Taylor Killaby Starling. Uh, Taylor and I met about four years ago in North Carolina when I was trim, uh, training at Jimmo. Um, she's a badass, super cool, multifaceted gal. Uh, very dangerous with them hands. Uh, she's about to fight for a title in the bare knuckle, uh, the BKFC. So super excited for her. She's totally on the up and up and, and, and really in her prime and really just fun conversation. She's a badass. Um, yeah, today's podcast and every Satsung podcast is brought to you by Onnit. If you go to Onnit.com and you co- use code Satsung, they're going to give you a discount on any supplement there. Um, you know, God, there's so many, uh, so many supplements that I can talk about that they have, but I think the biggest thing that I always come back to is the total human. Like I've said before, it can be daunting when you go to a website, especially a company like Onnit that makes so much amazing products. It can be kind of hard to figure out like, which one do you want to take? Um, and when I first started using Onnit products, I was taking, uh, the sea and land minerals. I've always taken alpha brain. Then my friend told me about the strong bones. So I started taking that. Um, and then I got hip to the total human. The total human is pretty much every flagship product that they make in a day pack and a night pack. So you don't have to mix and match. They already do it for you. There's a day pack you take in the morning with your food, which I'm about to take right now. That's what this is. And then there's a night pack that I take right before I go to bed. Um, super, super easy. Um, and I've shared this story before, but I think what's really important in the era where, um, you know, supplement companies make claims, um, I switched from my own regimen to taking the total human and I get my blood work done about every three to six months. And after four and a half months of taking the total human, my absorption rates, um, and the levels of vitamins and minerals that my body was actively using and absorbing was at pretty much 100% across the board. Um, the blood doesn't lie, and I don't fucking lie. This shit works, and uh, and the blood work was proof. You know, the program I was running before, there would always be two or three deficiencies in there, so then I'd have to buy another pill. But with the, uh, the on it total human, I don't have to do that shit anymore because I just get exactly what I need. All right. Go to the damn website, onnit.com, use code SATSONG, and optimize your health. You only get one body. Be good to it. Uh, it's the wisest investment you can make. All right, without further ado, kill a bee. Taylor Starling, welcome to the SATSONG podcast. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm so good. I love the black and yellow you got going on. The Montana. It's your colors. Yeah, it is. My favorite colors. Yeah, we'll have to, if you're ever out in the uh, Costa Mesa area, um, you'll have to go to Classic Fight Team and tell Wombles that I sent you. He's one of my dear friends and one of the most violent striking coaches on the planet. I think he was following me or has followed me on Instagram. I don't know if he does anymore, <laughs> but I like he's a savage. I know exactly who you're talking about. Be- yeah, I, I sent him some of your videos and was just like, yo, watch this chick bang. <laughs> He's, yeah, um, he's a stud. Um, so you're, I'm super excited to chat with you. One, you're just kind of like my favorite type of human as far as like people that I like to talk to and have on the podcast. You're just like super multifaceted. 
Yeah. Um, you're fucking super dangerous. Uh, you're a mom. You're a model. You are seemingly always having fun and don't take take it super serious. I love that. Um, you know, and like, I can just kind of relate to that whole thing. You know, I sing about like super spiritual shit, but my favorite pastime is punching and kicking my friends in the heads and manipulating their joints and trying to choke them. And um, yeah, I just, I think you're a super rad um, person, but um, you and I met at Jimmo in North Carolina like four years ago. And is that not wild? I was thinking about that this morning and it feels like it was yesterday. It feels like yesterday and I'm like, holy shit, that was forever ago. Totally. And since, since then I trained there for three days um, which was like just one of the the coolest things ever to be in the middle of a tour and just get three full days of training and like usually I just like will pop in and roll or pop in and hit pads but that was crazy to do like I mean like everybody there was in fight camp yeah so I just did like three four hour days um, but I've, I've just kept an eye on everyone that I trained with everyone there was so sweet the vibe at that gym was was so amazing um and everyone's gone on to do really cool shit in the past four years. And you especially um, have been on quite the journey. Like right after I left, you did Glory. Um, so let, let's just go back. Like, so how did you even get into martial arts to begin with? Oh man, I, um, I've always been like super aggressive. And it's funny because everyone thinks I'm just like the cutest, sweetest, like adorable little blonde girl. And I, it's always been like that my whole life, but I very much so have been very aggressive. I've always been like, I've always had like a little bit of a temper and um, I would get picked on growing up. Like one, I grew up getting picked on because um, the funny thing is I was like the ugly duckling. Like so many people would make like bully me and then just going up into middle school and high school, the same thing happened. And I just was very like, take no shit from anybody. So if someone picked on me, I would fight back. I'd be like, all right, like if you want to, if, if that's what you want to do, like we can, uh, but I would just rather be left alone. And I would always get picked on and get in fights. And always, it was like every other day or week I was in a fight. And uh, finally, one of the wrestling coaches was like, hey, you know, why don't you, why don't you try wrestling? Like, maybe you can get some of that, like, anger out or whatever. And I tried wrestling. And at the time, there weren't a lot of females in it. And there, I was the only one that tried out. And then I realized, like, okay, I'm going to have to be wrestling with big boys. And it's it was like, I just didn't feel it. And I was like, maybe I can go to a boxing gym or somewhere like different. So I went to a boxing gym and tried jujitsu and boxing and kickboxing and Taekwondo. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is it. But boxing mainly was my favorite thing. I, it just, I was never really good at anything growing up. I couldn't dance. I was a terrible cheerleader. I played softball, was always like in the outfield. Like I just was never good at anything. So once I started boxing, I knew I was like, wow, this is, what I'm good at and even if I wasn't essentially that great at it I was going to make sure that I was good at it because I just I loved it so much that's that's it's so funny how that how that stuff develops and like the bullying thing especially like to me that's one of my favorite things about martial arts is like the amount of kids that I've seen like come in to the grindhouse the, the gym that I'm a part of 
that are bullied and that are kind of the like, yeah, that like awkward, can't really find a place. And those tend to be the kids that really take to it and become super good, super fast. Um, you know, and yeah, once word gets around school that you're training at an MMA gym and you're 13, like people <laughs> want to pick on, they're like, let's, let's try to pick on this one. Yeah. My dad is very hard. He's a hard man. Like my dad's very uh, hard. I call him an asshole, but it's like in the, like, I, it's my dad, but he's, he's an asshole. Like he is very a hard, hard man. And I just remember being a kid and growing up and like, he was very like tough love and very much so like, don't ever let anybody disrespect you. Like, just don't ever let that fly. And just growing up, I was like, all right. And I like really took it seriously. So anytime anyone would pick on me or anything, I was just like, all right, well then we can fight it. Like, that's fine. Like, if that's what you want, we can do it. And I, there were times I got beat up in school. There were times I was doing the beating up. Like it was, it was all over the place, but I never picked on anyone. I never bullied anybody. It was always like just answering like to someone picking on me. Yeah, I wish there was a bit um, more of that in modern day. I, my, my coach Will said one time, and I quote it all of the time, said, sometimes I meet people that have never been punched in the face and I feel really bad for them. Like, I, I think if more people got hit in the face growing up when they were assholes, our society would be a whole lot different because I, I see some people interact and just, I'm like, oh, dude, you've never been checked. Like, you don't yeah. even know that that's on the table of possibility, you know? And <laughs> There's yeah, the people I, that are like, I see red, bro. I see red. Yep. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, you know what's so funny about that, too, and that type of dude is that, like, if you replace fighting with any other sport, it doesn't make any sense. But for some reason, people think with fighting, it makes sense. Like, imagine if I told you, like, I've never played hockey before, but if you get me pissed off, dude, I'm I'll just start nailing up. slap shots. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, that's yeah. not how it works at all. Um, Puppies are like, I've got, I got a new puppy. <laughs> oh my goodness. We just got a puppy too. It's been a trip. So my big dog is trying to play with my puppy and she doesn't know how to be gentle. So if you hear squeals and squeaks, it's puppies and toys going on. <laughs> so how... Tell me of the transition into like, okay, you're training at the boxing gym. You're like, okay, I like this. And then, all right, I'm going to take a fight. Yeah, it was, um, I was training probably about two years before I took my first amateur boxing match. I think I had done like a grappling tournament before that and I lost, but um, I was actually more grappling than I was boxing and I I didn't, I just didn't enjoy it as much. Like I was like, ah, it's just whatever. But grappling was more the thing going on. And so I was grappling and doing boxing. And then finally I just asked my coach, I'm like, I am ready. Like, I want to fight. If there's ever like any way that I can just fight, like, please sign me up. And it took a little bit, but he was like, yeah, I think you're ready. I was 15 when I took my first boxing match. I was an amateur and uh, yeah, it was very intense. I just remember like, him telling me like all right just be ready because when you go out here you're going to be tired and he was like it's not going to be like any other fight you ever take in your life he's like your first one you're just going to have an adrenaline dump and that's going to be it and I remember I boxed this girl who was like six foot and I I'm five six I'm not like short by any means but this girl was like looming over me and I was like shit all right and I ended up beating her like unanimously and like it was just it was the best feeling in the world and then 
once that happened, I was like, oh, I want to do it again. And then once I started doing that again, I was like, oh, I would like to, um, I want to, I would like to make this a job. And I, re- I can literally remember the moment that I was like sitting in my coach's car, like on the way from Wayne's and was like, man, one day I just want to be like, I just want to be a professional fighter and be the best at it. And it stuck. I remember telling my dad, like I was a teenager, dad, I'm going to make it in this sport and I'm going to be somebody one day. And he was just like, you are crazy. Like you're crazy. Dude, I love that so much. Like I like that you just knew, you know, and yeah, it's cool because you've kind of, so you did a boxing, you've done an MMA fight too. I've done MMA fights. I've done K-Fox. Corey. I've done a little bit of everything. Yeah, which is really rare. Usually people kind of pick a thing and go. Um, I think, I, honestly, I think that's kind of what, what probably makes you, uh, for lack of a better word, like scarier <laughs> is because there's like, there's no context. You're just like, okay, cool. I get it. We're going to do violence on each other. No problem. I'm here for yes, it. 100%. 100%. Like if I, as long as I'm fighting, I'm happy. Um, I will say this though, like throughout now that I am where I'm at with bare knuckle for anyone who doesn't know that I fight bare knuckle, um, I'm signed to bare knuckle. And I remember like throughout the journey of going through like professional boxing, professional kickboxing, professional MMA, I just had so many times where I was like, yeah, I'm happy, but something's missing. Like some, there's just something missing. And I kept just searching for it. I would go back from kickboxing to MMA to boxing. And I would be like, what is it? Like, what is, what's missing? When I like realized bare knuckle was a thing and I was like, I have to do it. I have to. And when I signed to them and fought for them, the second I got punched and I think I dominated my first fight, but the second I got hit and my eye was like split open, I was like, this is it. Like this, this is what I've been missing the whole time. Which like is that makes me sound crazy, but that is absolutely I'm... crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Like not the win, not the victory. Like me getting split wide open with a pair of bare knuckles. I was like, ah, yes, like this is what I've been missing. I love this. So the thing to me that that is scary because I've watched all three of your fights. That first one was an absolute fucking war. And after, like, yes, your your face was split, all that, but your hands. That was the worst. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't even imagine. So did you break your hands, or did, were they just, like, swole to shit from? They were just swollen, surprisingly. And I remember, like, I went to the corner in probably the third round or fourth round, and I told my coach, I'm like, my hands are broken. He was like, don't say that any louder. Like, don't, because, like, they'll call the fight. And I was like, I swear my hands are broken. And he was just like, no, you're fine. Go in there. You got two more rounds. You're good. Go finish the fight. But I remember by the end of the fight, I was like, I don't even want to hit her anymore because it's hurting me. It's not hurting her. Like, it's just hurting my hands. And so I was really strategically, like, picking when I was going to throw something. I'm like, if I'm going to throw something, it has to land because this is killing me. And, yeah, my hands were like pillows. I couldn't drive for three days. So... (laughs) My God. Yeah, I guess I guess there's the downside because like, you know, in um an MMA fight, you could be like, okay, I'm just throwing elbows, just elbows yeah. and kicks, you know, like you could you could yeah. call it audible, but not not in bare knuckle. You know, the other thing to me that's really cool about bare knuckle, everyone has everyone in the sport has opinions about it. And 
I think they're all fucking irrelevant. I think, um, you know, I'm just a big proponent of personal freedom. So if you want to fucking bare knuckle fight somebody, I say go for it. But yeah. for guys like we had a, a heavyweight at our gym who went three and oh, he just got arrested and is now in, in, in quite a large amount of trouble. But Brian Atchison, he had two amazing knockouts in bare knuckle and he got paid really well which if you yep. are a low-level pro MMA fighter you're not getting paid shit and bare knuckle is the first organization that I've seen that is paying people well you know where you can yeah. actually if you're if you're winning you're gonna start making money pretty damn quick oh yeah they would like murder me if they hear this, but like, I don't make as much as everybody else does. So, which is like, <gasps> like, I, it's a huge shock, but I really, I, it, but it does, like, I'm going to say it in a way that's like, I make more than I ever made fighting for other people, but I also don't make as much as you would think. Like I make more off sponsors, but uh, yeah, yeah, they. I remember being excited for like one of my pro fights getting paid like two hundred dollars and being like, not for bare knuckle, but for yeah. like MMA or something. Like we're gonna pay you like two hundred dollars. Oh my god, two hundred dollars! Like what? I can't believe I'm gonna make two hundred dollars. And then you know, but they pay me what they pay me well. Like I'm not gonna complain. It's the most I've ever been paid by anybody. But at the and same I, time, like some people assume that I'm making like multiple thousands of dollars and it's like mm, not quite <laughs> i think i think you're positioning yourself because you're so multifaceted though like because yeah. you're super gorgeous because you have all of these other things to you i think you're you're setting yourself up yeah it will, come. it will come yes I, yes rome wasn't built in a day so i i totally am being patient and understanding yeah. um well, it's, it's my, my following like that helps a lot it's blown up and that's because of bare knuckle and like yep. it's it's all working its way through yeah it's funny you know mma is such a funny thing like i've kind of moved out a really gnarly neck injury um where they were like you'll never lift weights again you could never get hit in the head again um and then i said fuck y'all and i put on 40 pounds and i'm yeah. still getting hit in the head all the time but I've kind of moved more into, um, you know, I like helping helping new guys. I've been cornering a lot. I've been wrapping hands a lot. And I just really like that vibe. But I've seen yeah. so much like lower level MMA shit where like a friend of mine, I won't say his name and what organization it was with, but this was one of those cards that had just like six kind of shitty first round finishes, you know? Yeah. And the promoter was kind of freaking out like, oh, my God, this is supposed to be like a three hour show. And we're like 90 minutes in and we're already to the main event. And my boy put on a fucking show and ended up getting like fully filleted eyebrow, like from from here to here. Yeah. And, I, and I hear him go, hey, man, I really appreciate it. You saved the show. I'm going to take care of you. And while he's back there getting stitched up, he hands him an envelope. And I'm sitting yeah. there with him and he opens the envelope and there's a $50 bill in it. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. Like, oh gonna, my God. I'm going to take care I of you. Him, I would have been like, yeah. you need this more than I do. Fuck I guess so. It's such a funny sport. And like you said, I think people like, dude, even in the UFC, I think so many people are like, oh man, if I could just get into the UFC, it's like, well, really? No. Yeah. All that glitters isn't gold in, in no. combat sports. 
um, people hear the word professional athlete or professional fighter and they think, oh my God, they're like a celebrity. They're rich. They have millions of dollars. I'm like, no, I'm still coming out of pocket for everything for the most part. Like I got to pay for everything. I, I don't make <laughs> hundreds of dollars a day. Like, uh, I know everybody knows on my Instagram, I got my fan site and stuff. If I didn't have my fan site, I would be working a full-time job and not able to train. So thankfully I have that going on for me, but yeah, it's not, it's not like I'm not working or not getting to do anything because I'm getting paid really well from fighting because I'm not. <laughs> so yeah. 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 And most people, I mean, until you even hit that, that top 10 in the UFC, you're, you're not making, <laughs> you're not making yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I think too, that setup you know, that most MMA organizations do of like show money, win money. So crazy, yeah. so crazy. And I don't like that at all. You know, I yeah. love the the boxing model, which is like, here's what you're getting paid to fight. End of conversation. You know? That's how bare knuckle does. They do a flat rate. Like that's this great. Is it. You're going to make it whether you win or lose. And I like it too. I think I like it, because I, I don't think someone's going to like fight better if there's, you know, 10 grand on the line of like, yeah. Cause shit happens, you know, you zig instead of zag, you get touched on the chin and then you're like, oh fuck. Or worse, you know, you have some shitty judge that takes that money from you. you yeah, know? exactly. So what, so you knew after that first fight, like, oh yeah, this is the shit. I want to do this again. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was, <laughs> it was like the wild, it just was so wild. And it, one of the things too, is like being at a bare knuckle event, if you're like in the back or you get to be around where all, everyone that's fighting that night is at, it is like a Spartan war. Like you go every time, like when, when I was in the back before I fought the first time, people were coming back in the locker rooms, just like faces beat to shit. And I was like, oh shit and then like the next guy would come in and his face would be, be beat up the next girl like it was like oh my god everybody's going out here and like and even if they won like they were coming back there beat to shit so I was like this is some real life Spartan shit and it was yeah. cool it was just really cool because everybody was all going through the same thing getting stitched up and bloodied and bludgeoned so it was cool well, it's funny you know John Wayne Parr said one time he he got asked like you know, what do you think about jujitsu guys when they say like, oh yeah, I have a fight this weekend. And he started laughing and he's like, yeah, well, like if your fight gets hard, you can go like this. And then like the fight's over where he's like, in my sport, like, I know I'm going to the hospital win or lose. Like, I know I'm at least bare minimum. Yeah. I'm getting stitched up. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that the bare knuckle thing is wild. Like, you know, Atchison, Luckily, both both of his bare knuckle fights were really, really quick. Um, yeah. You know, and, and man, the poor, there's one guy that he knocked out and he knocked him out the way the guy's body turned when he fell, he tore his ACL. Like that, that was how far he like spun the dude. Um, yeah, you know, it's a bummer. He was just about to fight for like that number two spot and then would have got to fight for the title. Um, but trouble is trouble. And now he's in trouble. Yeah. Um, you stuff out of the trouble. <laughs> I know it. So tell me about being a mom. What do your kids think about what you're doing? Cause I know you're a single mom. You have two adorable little boys. It's the best feeling in the world. And I know, you know, this feeling and 
um it's funny my oldest is my twin he his name is Carson and he's six years old he's my twin but he's like and when I say he's my twin I don't mean it like oh he's very badass and he wants to fight no he's very sensitive he's very feelings and like ah like so he takes it harder but now like being in the gym every day and always being around me when it's going on and stuff he totally understands but he's very much so like I don't really want to see you like all beat up and bloodied and if I get hurt like he will just ball for me very empathetic and then my youngest one is the savage who is like I don't care like mom's the champ and nobody's beating her he tells me like I've been telling them about how I'm uh, pursuing this title fight and trying to make this title fight happen I'm like listen mommy's gonna fight for the world title and Brody tells me every single day you're the champion like you are the champion and you you already are the best in the world and he tells me all the time so it's so cool they are funny it's like night and day one's very sensitive one's very savage but they both support me wholeheartedly and it's definitely a stressful job being a mom and a fighter and like handling balancing all the plates and doing everything but um I make it work I always say like where there's a will there's a way so if I want to be a fighter and I want to do this, like I have to make sure I manage everything else around it. And I do, and doesn't mean it comes, it's not like easy. I'm not like, oh, yes, like I want to do all of the things and it's just going to happen. Like, no, it definitely takes a lot of work and dedication and crying in the shower and <laughs> things like that. Well, I think, I think what's so cool about it is, is one thing I say all the time is people be like, oh man, it's got to be really hard to be away from your family when you have to go on tour and I'm like yeah but you know we grew up being told to follow our dreams by people that had shitty boring jobs that clearly settled so the thing that I always when I'm about when I'm crying in the shower the thing that always makes me kind of come back home is like no my kids are seeing what it means to follow my dreams and your yeah. kids are seeing that every day they're seeing like okay, well, mom says she wants to be the champ. And what do we see mom do? We see her eat right. She works her ass off. She's always in the gym. So they're seeing, you can tell a kid all day, like hard work, baby. You can do whatever you want through hard work, but it's different when they see it in action. So it's like, yeah. there's no way for you to even know the amazing humans that your boys are going to turn into because they didn't get told that. They saw it. They witnessed it every day. Yeah, the thing that did it for me was, um, so I was married and I'm not married, I'm divorced and stuff, but I was married when I had my second son, Brody, and I was in the hospital and I had like just given birth. And I remember I'm laying in the hospital bed and my ex-father-in-law comes up to me, he goes, thank God you'll never be able to fight again because we hate that, like hate it. And I just like, I remember being in the hospital bed and I'm like, <sighs> like it lit a fire under my ass I was like, I want to oh, fight you <laughs> when I get out of here like I was just thinking in my head when I get out of this hospital and I can walk like we're gonna I'm gonna show all of you and I just it made me think like man I was about to give up all of that just because I was like oh I'm a mom I had two kids I can't be fighting I'm I'm fat now I've like pushed out two babies I'm never gonna be able to bounce back from this and then I that when he said that oh my gosh it just lit a fire under me and I was like nope screw that like my kids gotta see that they can keep go for their dreams and I, it just haunted me to be like oh, well I'm giving this up even though I love it and how am I gonna tell them I, yeah like I gave up my dream for you and like no I got you and we're gonna work towards this dream we're gonna make things happen and 
it definitely was it always sounds so much easier but you know I know you know it's like the everything the sacrifice the hard work the time the sleepless nights it's definitely all there and people have no idea it just is not just oh I want to do it so it happens yeah and I and I you know especially in a in a sport like fighting there is no it yeah I mean your work is gonna show yeah if you're not training if you're not eating right if you're not doing all the shit like you're in trouble and yeah it's gonna show and you're, it's not going to go well. You know, we, we've seen that all the time of, of, and I'm sure you have too, when amateur dudes that have trained for a little bit, they're like, Oh, I'm going to take a fight. And they're not training. They're not running. They're not doing all of the things they need to do. And then they're a minute and a half into that first round and they can't even hold their damn hands up. It's like, well, you're about had, to pay for that. <laughs> I had two boys come in the gym the other day. Cause on, on Sundays we do like an open mat where my dog's like squeaking her toy. But these two boys came into the gym and Sundays we have open mat, which means like anyone can come, anyone can train, whatever, spar, grapple, whatever you want. And uh, these two boys came in and I was in like just bitch mode. Like I was being a bitch. These two boys come in. I'm in the middle of like these hard rounds. I'm in champion fight camp. (laughs) And this kid starts vomiting, like from sparring someone else on the other side of the mat. He's throwing him in the trash can. He's like, man. I, I like, I just, I don't know what's wrong. Like, I, I don't know why my cardio sucks. I'm like, why don't you fucking work out if you're going to come in here and spar and you <laughs> yeah. think that's going to be easy, you don't fucking do cardio. And I was like, I just like lost it. And I, because it was like, I have to do all that stuff every day. And then like, it just, it drove me nuts. Like love the kid to death, but I was just in a bad mood that day. And I was like, you're wondering why you're puking. You don't fucking work out. You come to the gym on one day a week and like you're vomiting. What do you think is going to fucking happen? Totally. Well, I think it's, it's hard too when like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I remember for, for me, like I got addicted to jujitsu so damn fast. Like I couldn't, if I wasn't training, I was watching videos. Like I did, I did two privates a week. Like I was just obsessed and you know, I got my purple belt in three years. And I remember I never said shit. Cause I was just like, it's fucking whatever. If you don't think my shit's legit, come fuck around, find out, you know? Yeah. And like, I remember someone was, was saying something along the lines of like, because me and my coach are like best bros. We hunt together. Like we do everything together. That's my guy. And someone had said like something along the lines of like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, if I was best friends with Will, I'd probably get my purple belt too. And he fucking lost it. He's oh like, my. he's like, Drew doesn't even fight for money. And this dude has spent more time training one-on-one with me than anybody in the history of me being a coach for 15 years. So like, you know how you get good? You fucking come in here and do it. Like, that's it. Yeah. There's no shortcut to this shit. Like, you know how you win fights? You train really hard and then you knock people out and that's what happens, you know? And like, I see the videos of you training and you go fucking ham, dude. Like strength and conditioning, your pad work is insane. Like, and, and it translates in your fight. Like you don't, you, I mean, professional boxing level shit, like your head yeah. movement, the <laughs> technique on everything that you throw is just perfect. Like it, it's really beautiful watching you fight. And you can I'm so lucky. I have the best team. They want to deal with me complaining because there's definitely the days I walk in there and I'm like, 
nobody even talked to me about anything today. I don't feel like being here. I just want to be asleep. Like the rough days, but I have really good people that push me and then they deal with me if I am being a brat because I can be a brat. Um, but I, I will say like, I have Keith Richardson is my head coach and he's a fighter himself and the coach and the owner of the gym. And he, um, besides him, I have the like hardest work ethic in the room. Like I might complain, but I'm going to bust my ass and work hard for everything because like, I want to be the best and I'm so self-critical and I, I, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because it kind of bothers me. But at the same time, I will sit and think like, this person I'm fighting is doing more than me. I have to do more. I have to do this. I have to do that. Even like there's rest days where like they have to tell me like, Taylor, you have to recover and take a rest day or else I will go crazy. If I take one day off, it drives me insane. It drives me insane. And that's I think champ that's, shit though. That's what separates, you know, the, the best from the rest. And um, yeah, it's funny. There's grown men that will be in there like, puking and and groaning and complaining and i'm over there like stop being a pussy because <laughs> <laughs> like i just like i really like i'm in there i'm like this i, I love it i live for it i want to be the best so i'm gonna do whatever it takes do you ever here's something i'm curious about do you ever have like um because one of my favorite things about martial arts is when you know we get like a big college bro that comes in that like yeah. lifts and is like, oh yeah, dude, I want to be a fighter. And then he just gets like completely manhandled by one of our girls. Like there's nothing that touches my heart more than that. And I'm like, yeah, dog, yeah. you don't know how to fight. And she does. <laughs> like, yeah. you, do you ever put hands on these boys? Yes. Um, the funniest, you know, it's funny. One of my memories is when I, when I choked you out with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring that shit up. I love that. But I always, I like to tell people, I'm like, oh my God, Saxon was so nice. I got to choke him out with an Ezekiel choke. And I wasn't even like that great at jujitsu. No. You would like demolish me right now in jujitsu. But um, yeah, like, I love it when it's funny because Keith will usually say like when people come in like that he'll be like all right we're gonna spar today and you like see them get all excited you know like we're gonna spar and he's like you're gonna against her and they're like I don't I don't want to hit a girl all oh, right she's gonna hit you he said don't worry in about two minutes I promise you're gonna want to hit her and like so it's just fun um usually for the most part I got pretty good people the funniest was that um Keith his brother came into the gym and his brother's like, the, I love his brother so much, but he wanted to start getting in shape and stuff. And he was like, you know what? I'm gonna let you spar Taylor today. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't really want to do that. And he's like, nah, you need to. He's like, I don't want to hurt her. Like she has a very serious career and stuff like that. And he goes, no, you guys are sparring. So we sparred and he filmed it. And he like sent it to his mom and dad. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. These like grown men brothers. And he's like, ha ha ha, my girl. He's like, my girlfriend beat you up. How does it feel? <laughs> Beating him, like I was just beating him up and he was like holy shit it was worse than I ever even imagined well it's crazy the you know I again there's like levels there's a video that I'll send you today that you have to watch like so it was this kid that had bullied this other kid like all through high school and then this kid is pursuing a pro boxing career and this kid finds him and is like talking shit was like oh I'll still whoop your ass used to bully him and he gets him to come to the gym and put on gloves, dude. And he does him dirty, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and you oh, see, yeah. it's like, 
you know, I, and part of it is because, so we have this kid, Mikey, who is, I think nine and two is his MMA record. He's only 22, but he was kind of my first like assistant coach. Like he was, we really started working striking together years ago, you know, but I've known him since he was 17, but he very much lives in my head and I'll have amazing rounds against other people. And the way he moves, he's like the fucking nightcrawler, you know? Yeah. And I always am like thinking I'm getting good. And then I spar against Mikey and I'm like, oh man, I suck so bad. Yeah. You know, like you're reminded of those levels and it's like, oh yeah, well you live in here and you do this nonstop. And it's like, yeah, yeah. this is your shit, you know? So what, um, so d- is this title fight booked? Um, It's like, I haven't gotten a contract, so I'm not going to say yes, but I've also been told like, it's happening June 24th. You're fighting for the belt, but I haven't had a pin to paper yet. So I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to say no. Um, me and Christine Ferreira, she's the current champion. We've been having some drama, you know, selling and hyping up the fight and it's fun. I, I, I just want the, I, that's what I came, came there to do. That's what I've been. This is everything I've, this is the moment that you know what I told you when I was sitting in the truck telling calling my dad, like, hey dad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a professional fighter one day and it's gonna all be great. Like this is that moment, like one of the greatest moments about to happen. And I like I I get what I want. Like I tell people all the time, like if I'm if I'm I'm hard-headed and I'm stubborn. If I want something, I'm gonna make it happen. And so this has been years of me making this happen. And I'll be damned if Christine Perea thinks that she is gonna beat me. She's not. Like she's she- had her time. You see holes in her game that you think you could. Hundred percent. I I see holes in her game. Um, one of the things that she's very intimidating. You know, she's got she's, a scary face. She's got a very scary face, and she's intimidating. And I'm not intimidated by that. Like I see through. Like like we just said. Like there's big giant men that will come in the gym and then go against someone like me and be put away quick. Like she's very intimidating. I see. I recognize the intimidation, but I'm not intimidated. I can see other people being intimidated. And she talks, she talks good talk. And if you're not just a strong-willed person, like that can get to you. And to me, like I've heard every insult, every word, every nasty thing that you can say about me. I see it every day on Instagram. You could say whatever you want. It is not going to cut through. Like it does not bother me. So my biggest thing with Christine is, you know, not to go in there and you can't fight her scared. You have to fight her like you don't give a fuck. And I actually don't. So <laughs> that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I just know it's going to be a war. Like this isn't a fight that I would be like, oh, I'm going to go and put Christine away. Or, oh, Christine's going to come and put me away. Like this is going to be a five round war. And, and I actually enjoy that much better than knocking someone out because I want to people get their money's worth. So it's going to, they're going to get their money's worth. Well, I think to what you're saying too, you know, there's people like Max Holloway is someone that I think of all the time because I think to like an average person, you know, when they think of a fighter, they think of some like super ripped Jack dude. Max Holloway looks like somebody's fucking cousin that you'd see at a barbecue that'd be like smoking weed and chilling, you know, and that boy put his goddamn hand, like him and Calvin Cater, like, oh my God, you know, it's like, no, dude, there is it is a fucking, it is a skill game through and through the amount of fights that I have seen of the most fucking roided out gym bros get laid the fuck out 
by the most normal looking dudes that are just absolute technicians. Let, yeah, Izzy is another guy that's like pretty average looking guy that has fought some yeah. genetic freaks and like, yeah, dude, that's cool. Dope abs. But if that dude puts his foot on you, <laughs> you got yeah. a fucking problem. And I condition every day. I train every day. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm at, like, I'm very super average. Like I'm ripped up, I'm shredded, whatever. But I'm, I used to always be so hung up on like, man, these girls have like big biceps and all this. And I'm like, why don't I look like that? And my coach was like, Taylor, have you ever heard the phrase long lean fighting machine? He's like, that's literally what you are. And he's no, like, you're... don't get hung up on that. Cause it's not all what you think. Like early on in my career, I was like, I just want to be all jacked and scary looking too. And my coach was like, you're scary. You don't need the, you don't need the biceps to be scary. Well, on the contrary too, dude, like every time I see pictures or videos of you in strength and condition, I'm like, dude, she is getting fucking scurry. So yeah, I've from an outside perspective, you're fucking yoked. I've gotten yeah. a lot stronger than I used to be. So it's been, I, I don't know if it's like, I was asking my coach this cause like I've always trained really hard. And I said, you know, what do you think it is? That's like, changing why I, like I was like my body like I can see that I'm I'm putting on more muscle mass and blah 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 and he's like Taylor you're just like your your age like you're becoming you're coming into like really finding out your body and like figuring out like not that sounded so like teenager <laughs> second puberty um, my body. um no but it's more of like you know when you now when I have a pain I'm like ah my shoulder hurts and this is why or this is what's probably bothering me and just being really in tune with my body and training differently and switching it up but I was like why do you think that like now all of a sudden that I'm getting to be in this good of shape and he's like no you're just you're really fine-tuning yourself as an athlete you're doing what pros are supposed to do you're not how, how old out. are you 26 oh that's the 26 to 30 is the fucking prime like that's it yeah. it's like we always say like I think there's this magical thing that happens in the late 20s for combat sports athletes because when they're young, you know, you're way less prone to injuries and that, but you're kind of a knucklehead, you know, and you don't, like you just said, you don't know your body. So your tendency is like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter if my shoulder hurts. I'm going hard. Whereas opposed to what you just said of like, oh, my shoulder hurts. Okay. Well, I'm just going to work jabs and head movement today. Like yeah. that intelligence, that maturity that says like, oh, I know exactly what's going on here. And I know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. And there's like a mental maturity. Um, I think like that is the stride that late twenties and early thirties. Like, that's so great that you're only 26. Holy shit. You're like, yeah, 26. Yeah. That's prime dude. Like you were just hitting. I had him like, Oh my God, I'm so old. I'm getting old. Like, Oh no, you're like right there. I think that 26 to like, you know, and it used to like in MMA, I think we're starting to see that too, that really dudes are hitting their strides at 30 which it used yeah. to be like, Ooh, 30, he's kind of getting up there and like, almost done. Yeah. Yep. And like I Poirier is someone that I think is just the perfect example of that, of like his twenties were this very like this. Yeah. And then he hit like 28, 29 and was just like, Nope, I'm putting hands on everybody. Y'all are fucked. Yeah. You know? So one thing that I don't know anything about that I'm really curious about, how do you transition and train? Like, is there a part in your camp where you go okay let's drop the gloves yeah it's, and it's like is there like a conditioning of your knuckles and your hands to like get ready to 
to hit things without gloves on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's this thing I use called it at first. I think that's why my hands were so bad my first fight because I was kind of trying to navigate through like figuring out what it was. I didn't, I didn't have anybody to sit and be like, Hey, this is what you usually would do or anything like that. I had not really any help. We just kind of went off the top of our heads and we're like, I would have never thought like, Oh, punching, like conditioning your knuckles was so important. And after I found out <laughs> the rough way that, Oh, maybe you should like, after I fought, then everyone was like, Oh yeah, you should condition your knuckles. I was, I didn't even know that was a thing. So uh, we have a board up in the gym. It's called a Makiwara board. So it's just like a wooden board and I punch that and I'll do different stuff. Like sometimes I'll do pads without it. Obviously you can't really spar bare knuckle. Like you just can't. Um, so I'll put on like bubble gloves or like MMA gloves and do sparring like that. And, um, but for the most part, like for most of the camp, I'm wearing boxing gloves other than like knuckle conditioning or hitting pads. And then as the time gets closer, then I'll kind of stray away from the boxing gloves and just only wear MMA gloves and then nothing while doing pads. It's, it's, yeah, it's very strategic. But once I started conditioning my knuckles, uh, like when I fought Hannah Guy, I did all five rounds with Hannah Guy and I was hitting her damn head a lot and my hands weren't swollen at all. So that's crazy. That fight was like, cause that's the shit that blows me away is there was a, I remember watching that fight and there was like two or three flurries in particular where she was up against the ropes and everything you were hitting was landing and they were hitting her like behind the ear and the top of the head. And I was just like, ouch, 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 fuck. Yeah. Yes. Cause she I was like, Taylor, after the third round, I couldn't see anymore. And like, so she's such a real, like, she's a G for staying in there. Cause she was like, I literally could not see anymore. The last two rounds, she's like, my eyes were completely like shut. Well, it's like, a, it's a, it's a bananas thing of like, cause I've gotten fucking smoked with 14 ounce gloves on before. And it is, you know, it rattles your brain. But I've also done like, we have a couple dudes that are really into the combat jujitsu and I've taken really like little baby hit palm strikes under my eyes and it's closed up my eye completely. And I'm like, that didn't even fucking hurt. Yeah. But now my eyes closed. So like, yeah, with those bare knuckles, it's just such a wild thing that like, if something even lands semi flush, it's like, oh, that there's a consequence there. But you know, what's crazy. It's like, I've been more injured in gloved sports than I ever have in bare knuckle like bare knuckle is very superficial injuries like very yes. just like because your face like fun fact your face has the most blood flow of any part of your body and it also which, which means like it heals faster but it also swells up faster and reacts worse to injuries but it heals faster so it's wild because you'll look crazy and be healed in like a week or two after you fight bare knuckle like it's it's insane you know what like, I was fast Oh, here's a fun question. Cause I was wondering about this after your first fight. Like, I just think of like super cute, tiny girl with her face just fucked up. Like how many looks do you get of people like, Oh, like thinking you're like a battered wife. <laughs> I had so many people offer to call the police for me. The first night, the first night, like uh, right after Knuckle Mania, it's probably like two in the morning, three in the morning. We were heading back to the hotel. One man, literally, like I opened the elevator doors open and I hadn't even got like the blood off of me. Like blood was all over me and my hands. And I was just like, couldn't see. 
the elevator doors open and the guy's like, ma'am, ma'am, we have to get you to the hospital. We have to get you to the hospital. Or like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I just got in a fight. And he's like, who did you get in a fight with? And I was like, no, it was like professional and paid for. And he was like really traumatized. And like, we just left him. We're like, we're fine. We're good. And he was just like, so confused. And like, what, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? You're, you got in a fight and you're okay. And you don't look okay. <laughs> you're but, like, follow, follow me on Instagram. It'll all make sense. <laughs> yeah. Going to the airport was fun in TSA. Cause like I had sunglasses on and a hoodie and all that. And the lady's like, I have to check your ID. She looked at my ID. She's like, ma'am, you have to take like the hoodie and the sunglasses off. And I was like, I, and Keith, he's like, I don't think you want her to. And the lady's like, no, like I have to. And I go, okay. And I just like, de- like unraveled everything. And she was like, put it back on, put it back on, put it back on. Oh my goodness, dude. But it was fun. I had a couple people like really freak out. My dad definitely didn't enjoy it the most. He, I got in the truck and when he picked me up in the airport, he's like, Taylor, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Why do you look like this is insane? Well, it's such a weird thing for people that don't do it. Like, I- or that, or that just aren't around the sport. Like, yeah. um, you know, last summer I had a definitely my worst like facial injury. So I went into spar. We had three guys right around my weight that were getting ready for fights. And it was like their peak week. It was their last week of hard sparring. So yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go in and give everybody rounds. And my wife was like, Hey, Chloe has a basketball tournament tonight and we're going to Ivan's for dinner. So like, please don't get hurt tonight. I was like, yeah, of course. So I go in and short version is I was sparring my buddy Whaley and he kept throwing. I was just like in a flow, you know, like I felt so good that day and he threw these two head kicks and I block block. And when he went to throw the third one in my head was like, Oh, I'm going to duck under it and then push him from behind, like to be an asshole, you know? So I like throw this Superman punch, hit him. And then I look at the clock and there's 15 seconds left. I'm like, I know he's going to throw it again. Well, he went body. So I literally went and caught the shin shin to the face. Oh shit. And it didn't hurt, but it was definitely like one of those like flashes. So I couldn't see for a minute. And then once I could see, it was just like a faucet. And then I like look up and everyone in the room was like dead silent. I was like, is my nose broken? And everyone at the same time went, yeah. So like go to the bathroom. My nose is just like plastered sideways. So my coach like resets it. And we had two gym bros that had showed up that were like, yeah, we want to be fighters. And Will was like, why don't you just watch today? And they never came back after that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But like, yeah, I remember like going to that dinner party, these, they were kind of like hippier folks, you know, and that whole dinner party, everyone is just staring at me. And I, uh, I had smoked before I got there to like, kind of, you know, chill out, but I had forgotten that my nose was broken. So I was like sitting there and like feeling stuffy while I grab a napkin off the table and blew my nose and my whole eye blew out. Oh snap. Yeah, yeah. that's like the worst thing. I know, I know. I how do you fucking forget that your nose was broken three hours earlier? But yeah, same thing. Everyone at this fucking dinner party was just like, I was just like, you know what, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and head home. Like, yeah. But when people don't have context for it, they're just like, okay, so you broke your nose and now you're just like hanging out. I'm like, yeah, well, I said I'd be here, so here I am, yeah. you know. 
but yeah, if you're not around that, like, yeah, I mean, it's just not, it's not a weird thing for someone to break their nose at an MMA gym or a boxing gym. <laughs> I think my favorite thing was like, um, once, cause the first day that I looked like shit, I was like, cause I looked like sloth off the Goonies. So like, yeah, it was rough. First day I looked like shit. It really bothered me. I'm like, I'm going to have to hide everything. And then like by day two, day three, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to wear sunglasses and hoodies everywhere I go. Like, I just can't, I look crazy. And so finally I was like, whatever, like, I'm happy with it. Like, and I looked insane. And the thing that got me, it became like fun for me to go places and like see how people would react because like nobody once was like, what happened to your face? And like, which like obviously is kind of rude. So it was funny to see like how sweet people are. Cause like people would talk to me and be like, oh yes, like, how are you doing today, ma'am? And blah, like just normal everyday function. And I'm like, I would laugh like inside because I was like, I know I look, <laughs> I got beat with a baseball bat and you people are just sitting here like being so nice to me and not even like overly nice, just like acting as if not like straight face. I'm like me on the other hand, I'm like, what happened to you? What's wrong? Like, what? what is, <laughs> are you okay? But yeah, most of the people would like literally just act as if nothing was different about me at all whatsoever. So when you're in those fights, can you, cause like I said, you know, that I feel like I've never been hit bare knuckle sparring, obviously. I mean, I've been in street fights. Um, but usually when I was younger and drunk, I haven't been in a street fight since I quit drinking years ago. Um, almost, but I feel like as I've gotten better at fighting, I like have talked people out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, I've only, I had one guy that was like dead set on it. And I like said to him, like, hey, dude, like full disclosure, this is actually like my favorite thing ever is, is fighting people. So like, I promise I'm better at than you. Like, let's just not do that. And he was like, oh, okay. That's a weird yeah. thing to say to someone, you know? But like yeah. when, when you're in there, cause I feel like with a glove, you can get tagged and be like, ooh, that was good. You yeah. know, like body shot, you can't hide, but you can get hit in the head and kind of act and be like, fuck, that sucked. With bare knuckle, like when you're in there and you get stuck, does it hurt? Or are you just like, same thing where you're like, oh, fuck, that was a good one. Um, It's kind of both. It's very much like you would think in there, like a hard, solid, straight punch to the face. Like that's not as bad as you think. It's when you get clipped with like the razor sharp knuckles, like that hurts more than you realize. So it's like little tiny shots are the ones that get you. Those like, like little I think, grazing. Uh, yeah, Hannah Guy split my my ear open. Like my tragus was like split open because she just like landed a little tiny knuckle. And I remember feeling it, feeling like just razor blades. But when you get hit with a solid shot, it's just like, ah, that's not so bad. Uh, but definitely when you just like feel those two knuckles just like get you, you're like, ah, like, fuck. <laughs> well, it's got to make but, you be like an actual perfect puncher. Yeah. Because like with gloves, I feel like... It, in boxing, we see that all the time, right? Where dudes will throw these very weird angled, like almost hitting with like this part of their hand where like, you can't do that shit in your sport. In bare knuckle, you have to really like, one of the things I do is like, I will look at someone's face. Like if I'm fighting someone, I'm gonna look at their face, pictures of their face, see them in person, look at their face and think like, all right, this is where I need to place my knuckles for it to cut them open or for it to suck. <laughs> like you have to just really look at someone and figure out like, all right, what's going to suck the most for them? <laughs> you have to really do your homework on stuff like that. And like I said, when you throw in there, 
you really want to make it count because it hurts you. It, it hurts your hands. So you really want to have calculated strikes. Like you, if you're going to, if you're going to fuck up your hand, make sure you're fucking up your hand where it counts. While fucking up someone's face. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like make sure it's going to land and be worse, a, a shot that's worth fucking up your hand for. So one thing that I think is, is really cool about you aside from like, dude, you're in the most badass sport ever. Like, I think, I think it's just like the truest, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the closest it's to, it's so violent. And, and like, one thing we were joking about the other day is like that the, the old timey guys used to go like this, right. In, in bare knuckle boxing. And my coach will was like, yeah, because the idea, like you're saying wasn't to like full fledged, yeah. it was these like little sting clip, you know, it's yeah. like to dice people up. Um, but I think what's cool is, is seeing your following grow and seeing how um, how you've kind of diversified your platform. Like you have the modeling thing, super into tattoos, same, same. Like, I think, I think you're positioning yourself really intelligently to build something bigger than, than bare knuckle fighting. Yeah. Um, which I think is so crucial. Cause like I've, um, you know, TJ Dillashaw is a, is, is an acquaintance of mine and he's done a really good job of being smart with his money outside of fighting and building all of these other things. Mm -hmm. And I think you're positioning yourself in a really cool way to do that. Whereas like, you yeah. won't just have fighting, you'll have all that. So how did the, like, how did the modeling thing kind of come to be? Cause when we met, I, I like, I don't even remember what your Instagram thing was, but I just looked the other day and was like, oh shit, holy fuck, you know, like, yeah. so how she did was, that? Well, it's funny is like, I used to like, I used to enjoy doing photo shoots and stuff on the side and I would keep them like to myself. And I yeah. would like do it just because I'm like, man, I just want to feel good and like put makeup on and feel sexy and stuff like that. And then I, as I've just seen all the other women do it, which like, I, I just was like, you know, why would I, like, I didn't want to come off as too much or like people talking negative. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, this is so fun and I enjoy it and I feel good. And why not? Everybody else is doing it. So why does it, why would I let anybody try to tell me that I can't do it either? And so once I did it, I mean, the first couple of times it was like, ah, I, I would be like, man, I'm posting too much. And it would be like something not even that bad. It's like, a, it's butt cheeks. I'm like, come on, it's not even that bad. And then I go and see other people who are like full fledged, like right on Instagram with everything that the world has to offer. So I'm like, why would I even be bothered by that? And it does make, like, it does feel good. And, you know, just to, just to make yourself feel good, celebrate being a woman, like being a, a mom that has had two kids. And I like, like I said, I worked my ass off for this body and it just feels good to be a damn woman, you know? That's so <laughs> cool. Like, enjoy that. I, I think where it's, where it's uh dark or can get weird is if you're doing it and don't feel good about it yeah you know uh -huh. if it if, if you're leaning into it and you're like nah man like you just said fuck all that I've had two kids I work my ass off I feel good I look good I think more power to you like I said I think it's so fucking cool that and ultimately by building a huge following in this platform it's making you worth more money like the, yeah. the the way you can approach a sponsor and be like look 
here's, here's what my reach is. Yeah. It's like, that's worth this amount of money. Yeah. Which like, that's also a downside to it too. Cause sometimes there's times where people might not take you as seriously or people talk negatively and all that. But at the same time, like you can't hide from the inevitable, like sex sells and yep. like people, people want to watch a hot girl fight. And that's just like, that's just, it is what it is. Like, that's just how it is. And you got to use it. And so I'm not like, oh my God, I have to be some hot, sexy girl that fights. I just embrace what I enjoy. And like, I love getting dressed up and I love being womanly, but I also like punching people in the face and it just happens. It's just there. So yeah, it's fun. I spent a lot of time um, hiding, not hiding who I was, but definitely like muting who I was and being too scared of what other people thought about me and worried about other people's opinions. And, you know, after I got kind of, when I fought for knuckle mania and put on the best performance in my life and still had people telling me that they hated me. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, I'm just going to do me and just enjoy it. Like, yep. I'm a mom. Yep. I'm a mom. I can go put a bra and panties on and take a picture. I'm a mom. I can go and fight. I can do whatever I can do all the things like who is to say that I can't, what, what is wrong with people to say that someone shouldn't do that? Well, it's, it's, it's people wishing they could do all the shit that you are doing and hey like ultimately everything that i've found um you know i got really into you know i kind of had like a a bout of depression too of 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 kind of the same shit of like you know whether it's like dropping a record that people don't like or people being like how the fuck can you you know be training and and cornering people and supporting this fucking nasty sport you know, while singing about this. And it's like, well, cause I'm a fucking multifaceted creature, dude. And I'm all of the things yeah. and I can't help. I like what I like, dude. And if you don't like that, then fuck off. Like yeah. I answer to me, you know? And like the thing that I always, to like, to what you're saying at the end of the fucking game, we die. And I think the thing that we'll regret more than anything is giving other people real estate and stake and our peace. And yeah, and you're not approaching it. yes dude like it's this ride is so short you know this ride is so short you know and and to not take advantage of of these little windows of you being young healthy beautiful able to fight able to be a mom able to all of that like I think if you do it any other way than how exactly you want to do it you're going to regret it and regret is poison one of the worst things is that people say is uh you know oh, it must be embarrassing for your kids to know that you're on the internet. Oh, I'm like, my kids are four and six. <laughs> they are not on Instagram or even, and even if they were like, I raised my kids to be such good little humans that they would like, one, they would probably like, ha there's your butt. <laughs> like they would total, like, do something silly like that or like, they just wouldn't even, they wouldn't even think twice. Like they are such good little humans. So that's the best. So I'm like, why do people even, people just, yeah, like we said, people go on the internet and they just have to try to like bring down people that they're just upset that they're not doing those kind of things. Instead, they're making Instagram accounts or Facebook accounts and going and commenting negative shit on people's stuff. Dude, and the saving grace of it is like, I always, (laughs) the thing that I always joke about that's funny is like, that made me completely just like be able to ignore haters is like, I always say, like human interaction on a scale from one to 10, one starts with like, we've made eye contact or have acknowledged each other's presence yeah. and, and 10, we're in a fight to the death. 
I'm like, dude, I hang out from like in seven and eight for hours yeah. a week. I guarantee like you'd run that shit on the internet, but I guarantee none of these chicks are going to come see you about shit. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is it's more fucking grown ass men, like grown men that are coming there. Like it's rarely ever, mostly the females are fucking amazing. All the females, like I have a lot of the UFC girls and Invicta girls and other fighters that are all so supportive and respectful. It's like grown ass men that are like, I fucking hate you, you slut or like stuff like that. And, it, and I'm like, you know what it is? What it boils down to is probably some guy that sent me some unsolicited dick picture yep. in my DMs. I never opened it, never responded. And they're like, now I hate you. So, yes. Or, or they're just mad. My dog's really going wild. That's got to be such a weird thing. Like, um, yeah. How do you handle that of dudes being like, because I think we live in a, in a society that confuses um, sexuality as like an invitation. You know, where yeah. it's like, oh, okay, cool. This girl's taking this kind of picture. So clearly she wants to have sex with me. I should yeah. check in on <laughs> that, you know, like. And you said your I, coach is your boyfriend? Yes. Keep okay. He's, my, he's the best. He's so supportive and like such, his his fight name's the rock star. He's such a rock star. He um, supports my fan site. If I post a picture of my butt, he will post it on his Instagram and be like, look at this woman. Like she's yeah. so bad and I know baddest woman um but yeah like uh do you, yeah you definitely get yahoos and stuff that like that like people who want to i get marriage proposals all the time or like just weird <laughs> lots of random pictures i've had people send me pictures of them and their wife like doing things just random off the wall stuff and honestly at first it used to be like ah now i, I used to come like I'm used to it. I'm just like, oh, well, here we go. Another dick picture in the inbox. And like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> so you can usually always tell when it's coming. Yeah, that's such a funny thing to me of like, and I guess I'm just, you know, call me old fashioned, but I just would never assume that anybody would want to see a picture of my penis. Like, anyone. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I think that, like, what man thinks that they're going to, I don't know, maybe it's worked for them before, but to message a woman like, this is my dream woman. If I just send her a picture of my dick right now it's through, game. Instagram, <laughs> through Instagram, she's going to marry me and want to be with me forever. And this is it. This is our love story. And one day we're going to have grandbabies and we're going to tell our grandbabies that I sent her yeah. a picture of my dick and then we rode off into the sunset. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I just, thankfully, I don't ever, like, which is kind of, the double-edged sword too. I don't usually respond to people I don't know. And I don't even, I don't even open great. messages from That's people great. that I don't know. Just because there's always something lurking in this chat. Yeah. And, and, and I, what I started doing too, that I think is a super healthy practice is like, dude, if you say some dumb shit on my page, you're fucking donezo. Like block. no redos, I no nothing. You're fucking blocked, homie. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then there's people that will just go on there and talk shit just to get a response out of you. That's what they, um, that's all so, they want. Yeah. Cause they'll be like, fuck you. I hate you. And you'd be like, dude, what the fuck? And they'll be like, oh my God, you responded. What? Yeah. Yep, so now cool. I got her. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, one thing that I've like, I, go ahead. I block them. I'm a blocker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too. And what I started doing is like, it got so bad, like fall tour last year. I got called like all the way out of my zone, man, where I started like flipping out on motherfuckers. And I would just be like, Hey, well, the thing about me, dude, 
is that my schedule, where I'll be, what time I'll fucking be there is posted. Like name anyone else outside of my industry. That's like, Oh yeah. Okay. San Diego. Here's the address. Here's what time. Like come fucking see me, dude. And then my manager was just like, dude, no, yeah. <laughs> like stop it. Like that you know, was one of the I had to, I had to get used to it and realize like, there's always going to be people talking shit and saying whatever. And you just have to, cause people don't realize like, we see that stuff. Like even when you're verified and you got so many followers, like you still see that shit. Like it pops up and it's sometimes people tag you in it. Sometimes people like just say it and you just see it in your, uh, like notifications. It, you, I always see shit all the time. People will be tagging, like it's, hard to get away from some people are like yeah just don't look at it like sometimes it's not that easy and it does like I used to be like it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me and like sometimes it would like I'd be like yeah this guy said my chin is really big and then like I realized like I'd be at the gym going do you think my chin's big do you think that my jaw is like and someone was like who said that to where you were thinking about it you know it's it, it does like secretly bother you have to learn how to cope with that stuff and uh get used to it and like, like and internalize and be like okay for me to even think that thought that person's winning and i don't want them to win exactly. Like, exactly and here's how crazy motherfuckers are so me and gordon ryan and shanji hibiro gordon ryan is the current greatest fucking grappler on the planet uh shanji is an eight-time world champion mma fucking legend well we were all hanging out in austin together and they were backstage at the show and we all took a picture together and when Gordon posted it, I was just like reading the comments and there was people literally being like, I'd fuck you up, like meet me here. And then you look at their profile. It's like, oh, you're some chubby blue belt. And you're literally on here saying you're going to fuck up Gordon Ryan. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? You know, yeah. like it just give insight to like, oh, you're just out here getting your kicks off by talking shit on the Internet. Because yeah. in your heart of hearts, dude, you know that Gordon Ryan would fucking end your life. And I always say just the ones that the real ones that are in your circle that really know you and are around you and love you. That's the only fucking opinion that matters. Amen. Amen. And, it's and like, they don't have opinions usually because they just fucking love you so much that they're, they don't think badly about you. They're giving you nothing but good, good stuff. Totally. And the, the analogy that I always use is like, you know, the people that know you, it's probably a pretty small amount of people that really know you. Yeah. And so it's like anyone else is giving you a book report on a book they've never read. So it's exactly. like, well, you, you don't even know, homie. So like whatever you're saying is bullshit because it's you don't know me. I'm a complex motherfucker. So there's eight yeah. people that know me and you ain't one of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so fucking stoked for you. Um, I like I said, it's it's been so cool to watch. Like it's, this is my favorite thing about martial arts is I have like these little pockets of family and friends all over the country that I train with. Um, and then I get to watch them and they get to watch me and there's this cool, cool thing yeah. that happens. And, and you've been one of my favorite people to watch. It's just been so I've, cool. I appreciate it. I remember like, <laughs> I love hearing, that you brought up the Ezekiel choke, dude. I That's that so funny. So, <laughs> I remember, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I remember them playing satsang in Jimmo all the time. And like, it got to a point where it was sat seeing all day, every day, nothing else. And I remember someone said, sat seeing's coming. I said, when sat seeing comes, I'm going to choke him <laughs> because we've been listening to this. Like, it was like 
months and months because Chase is so awesome. Chase Gamble is so cool, but he like is just a diehard Dotsing fan, and it yeah. was like on rotation. I remember I was like, I'm gonna choke Dotsing because I met you. I'm like, he's the best, and then like <laughs> it made me just like appreciate. I was like, I love Dotsing, and I have huge fans of yours here that I like laugh because I'm like. I know Sad Singh and he's so cool. And people will be like, oh, have you ever heard Sad Singh? He's amazing. It's amazing. Like, I, it's so fun because I get to like brag. I'm like, yeah, I like choked him out one time. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. Well, next time I'm down there, we'll be, we'll be down there. Shit, I don't know when we're coming, coming to North Carolina again, but we got to train together. I'd love to meet your new Yeah, crew. it'd be amazing. That would be yeah. awesome. I'd love nothing more. And I'm so happy for you and everything you have going on in life. Like, I'm always cheering for you. Likewise, sis. All right, dude. Well, um, thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning. Um, super proud of you. And um, yeah, can't wait to see you fight. Ah, thanks. I'm off to conditioning now. I gotta change my clothes and hit the dusty trail. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, have an awesome day, Tay. I'll Later. talk to you soon. Later, have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. All right, that was Taylor Killaby Starling. Um, next week on the podcast. We have uh, have one of Satsung's two guitar players, Stefan Kalander. Uh, Stefan is a Berkeley grad and the funniest some bitch I've ever known in my entire life. Um, just an absolute delight and a very unique, magical approach to music. He is very uh, he's different than any guitar player that I've ever heard, which is why he is in the band. He brings a very unique flavor. Um, it's an, it, yeah, he's, he's an absolute trip, uh, guaranteed to be lots of laughs and lots of, uh, lots of fun music talking, uh, but guaranteed to be one of the funniest podcast episodes to date. Um, like I said before, y'all head over to onnit.com and use code satsung. Like I said, if I was you, I'd go total human all day, but, uh, take a peek around and read some of the cool studies that they have up there. Everything's third party tested. Um, I can't say enough about Onnit, man, not just because they're a sponsor. I've been using Onnit products for years. The fact that I am a sponsored um, a sponsored human from Onnit is absolutely insane. Um, they're one of the coolest companies in the world with an absolutely amazing story, and I'm, and I'm so grateful to know the people at Onnit. Um, honored to be an ambassador of their products because it's not... Um, it's, it's not phony to me. It, it's a company that I absolutely believe in. Um, and if I wasn't sponsored by them, I would still be telling people to take their shit. Um, and was. <laughs> Before we were even sponsored, I was talking about their shit on the podcast. Anyway, that's all I got for y'all. Have a good day next week. We'll talk to Stefan. God bless y'all. Drink water. Take your supplements. Exercise. Pray. Be good. Be kind to one another.